Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. If you're a person who likes to think deeply about your faith and how it applies to the world around you, then you've probably heard of, or I'm sure you're enjoying checking out the Centre for Public Christianity, otherwise known as CPX. It's an Aussie think tank of Christian writers and thinkers who communicate, mostly through video, the truths about authentic Christian faith in the public square. Since the organisation formed a few years back, it's tackled just about every topic you could think of, from science, the environment, medicine, war and peace, religious conflict, slavery, poverty and much more. Now they've published a book that sums up some of their great work. It's well worth a good read. It's simply called Public Christianity. And Simon Smart's the editor and one of the CPX directors. He joins us now to take us through it all. Simon, welcome to Open House. Thanks, Lee. Great to see you. This book is a kind of a real coming together of some of the great minds and thinkers. Take us through some of the contributors. Well, I've got a, a big list of people, but there's people like uh, Oz Guinness and Professor John Lennox from Oxford, uh, our own uh, John Dixon and Greg, Greg Clark, Megan Best, uh, Melinda Tankard-Reese. We've got a Baroness, Baroness Caroline Cox. Uh, people who are into philosophy will recognise Keith Ward's name and Alvin Plantinger. Uh, theologians will remember Stanley Halvas and, and Justine Toe, who might be well known to Hope listeners yeah we've talked food with justine so it's a it's a really interesting and eclectic and very smart kind of mix you talk in the introduction about how the attack on the world trade center twin towers just over 10 years ago now changed the way the world thought about religion let me ask you this from what to what well prior to that time we'd entered a period where Broadly speaking, religion was not really on the on view in public life in the West. There was a sense that we'd moved past a time where religion really mattered to to many people. But after nine eleven, we were reminded that in fact religion matters a great deal to a great number of people. Uh, we recognise that religion is not going to go away anytime soon, and the likelihood of a post-religious age in in this century looks very slim. Mm. And it really started a conversation that's um, certainly continuing a decade plus on at all sorts of levels about all sorts of religions. That's right. There's been more attention paid to questions like the place of religion in an age of science, the place of religion in the the public square, in education, uh, topics like evolution and, and belief in a creator are those two things antithetical uh, the place of Christian thinking in the history of the West and so on. And, of, co- and of course, as you said, uh, the place of religion in multi-faith societies. So yeah. What do we do with that uh, mix? Yeah. You start with a section called In Defense of the Faith, featuring John Lennox as one of your guest interviews. I'm so pleased to say he's been an open house guest as well. What a thinker. But also with his delightful Irish accent, what a communicator for the Christian faith. He's brilliant. He, a combination, fabulous combination of intellect, uh, which is undeniable, but also a great sense of humour, yes, which I think yeah, helps yeah. in these discussions. Too right. <laughs> it's yes. much needed. Uh, and, and a sense of where people are at, I think, too, with John. He's been an excellent advocate for Christian thinking and why Christianity matters in the world, why we shouldn't dismiss it as some people are tempted to do, uh, te- very much tempted to do. He's very good also at countering some of the more outrageous criticisms that are around the place against religion and against Christianity in particular. Yeah. One of the things I think that, as I've observed, distinguishes CPX from lots of other faith organisations, it's almost unique gift of 
communicating an authentic faith and expressing it especially with a sense of generosity and respect. I've never seen a Bible basher at CPX. Well, I hope that's true. <laughs> we, we do try very hard to offer exactly that. It's a attempt to present a generous, respectful picture of the of the Christian worldview for people to consider. Uh, we wanted to make it clear so people know what they're either considering or rejecting. And uh, you know, we try not to be overly defensive. We're not trying to ram it down people's throats, but inviting people to come and take a look at what we think is the beauty and the truth and the logic of the Christian faith. Because not always has the communication of the Christian faith been so reasonable or respectful. I think that's fair to say. I think sometimes Christians have entered the public square in a manner that looks either overly defensive, so they're, they're feeling defensive and therefore look like they're attacking, or just trying to protect their own turf, yeah. and maybe not uh, paying due respect to other views and uh, being able to take part in a very civil conversation. Of course, it works the other way as well, but I think it's very important for Christians to try to perhaps be different in that and to model respect and genuine uh, listening. That's the other thing, to other opinions. And love as Jesus taught us to love, do. That would be a good idea. One of the chapters uh, tackles this big question, does religion cause violence? John Dixon, a good friend of Open House, tackles this one. What's his answer, Simon? Well, does religion cause violence? It's one of the big criticisms, isn't it, that's thrown at religion these days. It's uh, it's uh, the well-worn path, you know, chuck a few bombs at religion, say it's the cause of all these terrible conflicts around the world. And so John's answer in this is to say, yes, it, it does. Uh, it does cause uh, violence and has done, and there have been some shocking and evil things done in the name of religion. And with, let's speak on behalf of Christians, as a Christian, in the name of Christ. And those things are things that Christians have been saying for centuries, are things that we ought to be rightly ashamed of. Some people might be surprised that such ground is given, though, in the kind of debate and argument over religion. Well, I think it's it's uh, not just a good technique. It's actually true. These things yeah, are true. Yeah. They have to be acknowledged. And uh, we want to... Uh, show people that we're willing to say, look, it's absolutely the case that there have been some terrible things done. But that's not the whole story. It's often presented as if, as if that is the whole story. Yes. It's, it's not even close to the whole story. So there's, a different, there's a whole different story to be told. I mean, Christians have been saying things like, oh, the Crusades and the Inquisition, which you hear all the time, oh, they've been terrible things, and they were terrible. Uh, but the way the narrative is often told is that... In, I think it involves terrible and gross exaggerations. So John picks up on this. And, I mean, I, I uh, read a, a Sydney Morning Herald journalist who I respect enormously recently uh, with a bit of a throwaway line about the millions of people killed in the Inquisition. Now, the best uh, historians at the moment are saying things, it's much more like about five or 6,000 people over a 350-year period so that's you know it's what's that about 18 a year which is terrible as well but yes yeah, nothing still like not good yes. uh, the millions of people that sometimes is su- are suggested so there's a different story to be to be spoken about there but the, the other side of this is that there's enormous uh, good that christianity has done for the world and that's a great story one that christians can can be rightly proud of uh, not only historically but even in contemporary times i mean most of the non-government welfare for instance in in this country is delivered through still delivered through faith-based organizations and i think it's terribly churlish of the harshest critics to not even give some ground here and show and acknowledge that yes okay we might not believe this stuff to be true but gee the christians have done some enormous good and it's worth pointing out that dixon does this as a 
as a respected historian himself, got a PhD in history. He does. And I, th- I actually think it's one of the great untapped arenas that Christian people in this day and age almost leave on the shelf. The history of the faith, uh, the trustworthiness of the way that the faith's been recorded through the centuries. What do you writers say about that? Well, I think the history of the faith very important for Christians to know. We're probably a bit uh, guilty of being a bit ignorant of our own tradition yep, and, I reckon and that's faith. True. And to be able to tell those good stories, to know, know that some are closer to the truth of what's being said. So there's, there's that side of it, which I think is a, a great story to tell, actually. I think the, the way Christianity has contributed to Western culture as we live it now and, and appreciate it is not very often understood very well and so even things like the unbelievable value that we give to every individual life I and mean, that comes from somewhere we see this as self-evident because we've lived in the west and we we might have rejected the belief in in god but that the reason we value people in the way that we do comes out of a story and i think that's been forgotten now you mentioned the um the uh, sort of reliability of the text. Is that what you mean? There? Yeah, the reliability text. You know, can we text. trust this? We we touch on this. Uh, we don't just touch on it. We jump all over this in <laughs> in, his, in our in CPX. We we get lots of uh, scholars in to talk about it because we do think it's a very important question. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing stands or falls on its historical uh, validity and reliability. Yep. I love uh, one of the interviews we did with uh, Ben Witherington the Third, who's a fabulous character, and he's written a, a commentary on every book of the New Testament. So he's a very prolific writer. And he talks about, during one of our interviews, the way that the more and more he's dived into these texts and, and studied them with great seriousness, the more he has come to trust their reliability. And he tells this lovely story of the way he, uh, when he was big, at college early on in his, his academic career, he took out a yellow highlighter and he said he was going to underline all the things that he couldn't possibly believe. And he says over the years, as he's got studied these texts more seriously, those yellow highlighted bits have fallen away more and more by the wayside. He says, you know, he likes what Jerome said about defend the Bible, I'd just as soon defend a lion. Uh, the Bible, he says, has, has withstood the, the test of the finest minds for over uh, you know, for 2,000 years, and uh, he thinks it will continue to do so. And it has. On Open House, we're with Simon Smart, Director of the Centre for Public Christianity, editor of a new book called Public Christianity. Simon, there are lots of topics you cover on faith in the public square, from uh, the environment, as mentioned, to war and religion, happiness even. What would you say have been the two biggest topics of debate, say, in the past decade that have got people really thinking about God? If that's the case. Well, there's been lots, haven't there, yeah. <laughs> it seems, and uh, all of them are important. I, I think the science-faith uh, issue is an interesting one because that, that's often put up at, at a very popular level now as if you have a choice between either believing in sort of hard facts and science and this sort of thing or you believe in some other thing like faith, religious faith, as if the two are natural enemies. Yeah. I think that's been a big one. We've spent a lot of time trying to, test that. John it's, Lennox is great on that. John Lennox is great on it. I mean, for the 200th uh, anniversary of the release of Origin of Species, we got heaps of you know, philosophers and historians and theologians in to talk about this very question. And really, I think it's it's a terrible misunderstanding to think that science and, and faith don't go together. In fact, we've got some you know, big-hitting academics suggesting that uh, the growth of modern science comes 
out of a Christian worldview and, yep. and nowhere else. So the, you know, those sorts of questions. I think the question, is religion bad for society, has come up. It used to be the case that people might have thought, well, religion might be a neutral thing or something we can ignore. The critics of religion now want to say that it is not just a neutral thing, but it's actually bad for us. Certainly in a post-September 11 world. That's right. Yeah. And so some of the, the, the uh, most vocal critics, the, the new atheists, that type of writer, uh, the Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens type person, wants to say that there's a logical path from re- from religion to evil deeds. And so that's a shift. Uh, there's a, a co- controversial shift, I have to say. You know, religion poisons everything, says yes. Christopher Hitchens. And so that's thrown up a whole lot of uh, questions to look at. And in fact, I've found it to be a great opportunity to talk about this because I think you can demonstrate clearly that uh, religion of a certain type, uh, when it's... Um, coming back to its its uh, Christian core beliefs and and not just being tied up with power and those sorts of things that tend to corrupt it uh, is something that we, we would be terribly worse off yes. without. How should Christian people then in this century be aiming to contribute to the conversation about God and religion in the public square? What avenues should we be looking for to well, do it well, you know? The first thing is they... they must be in the public square. I think Christians vacate uh, the public square at great peril, not just to themselves, but to the society uh, that we're part of. Um, but have to take a, we, we have to take into account the realities of life in the West. I think in a, in a country like Australia, we are in a post-Christian society. Yes. Uh, in my mind, that's a reality that is just naive to think otherwise. There's a terrible um, ignorance about what is at the heart of the Christian faith. Uh, we can no longer assume even a shared language when we're trying to convey these things to people. And so I think there's enormous importance to uh, address that in a way that understands that there's deep suspicion about the institutional church, for instance. There's deep suspicion about the Bible as anything worth looking at. And so Christians have to be engaged right in there in the public square and doing that in a way that helps to overcome some of the misconceptions that are there. Uh, And vitally, I think it has to be done with great respect and generosity. But So here's the question. Do you think many normal people can be bothered uh, talking about faith in an age of, at times, we've got to say, terrible behaviour of the church and all the resulting publicity? And if those conversations ever do come up, how should Christian people in this day and age respond? First of all, as you say, with respect. I think with respect. I mean, I think people have to be... I think people are interested in the, the question of faith. Uh, the question of spirituality sometimes comes up. That I think people... I think people, because we're human beings with souls, uh, these questions aren't going to go away. I mean, we can sort of cover them over for a while and distract ourselves from them. But really, questions of meaning and significance, you know, why am I here? What's, what is the nature of a human being? These are huge questions that must come up eventually for people. And that the Christian worldview remains uh, a, the big story that can tell you uh, key answers to those questions. So I think Christians have to be in there talking about it. I think there is an, an opportunity to do that when we find good ways into where people are hungering, where people are aching, and there is the human ache that doesn't go away, does it? It's just, it's, there's that sense that life isn't as we wish it was, and that produces a whole lot of longings that I think are very important when addressing this. So you're still confident that people are still open to hearing about this stuff, that they haven't closed their mind and, and written it all off? 
Maybe I'm, I could be wrong, but I think people have longings, you know, the longings of the human heart, real hope, uh, real community. Uh, I still believe Christianity is the answer to those questions. So there, there are opportunities there for sure. I think one of the most powerful things John Lennox said in our Open House interview was in response to my question to rate the importance of how we speak as opposed to what we say. And he, somewhat to my surprise, said they were both equally important. So it's it's critical to get the tone of the conversation right. It's absolutely important to do that. It's vital. I think uh, we could win lots of arguments and lose lots of people. Uh, I think it's yeah. important for Christians, to, when they speak into the public square, to, yes, have intellectual credibility. I think that's very important. But they must not convey a sense of entitlement. Uh, sense that you know people ought to want to hear what we've got to say. We've got to be able to hear other points of view and show genuine love for the people we're trying to reach. Uh, there's, there must be empathy, not see people as uh, objectified. You know, just people targets. Well, targets, yes. That's right. Targets yeah. to sort of hit. They should be real relationships. Uh, people we genuinely love and want to. Uh, invite to see what we think is is a great thing to see. And if you want to see an example, just look at Jesus and certainly look at the, the days of the early church and the activities and the heart of the early church. That's absolutely right. I mean, you look at someone like Jesus who sat down and at, at meals with, he walked with, he talked with, he loved the people who yeah. were regarded as the sinners of the society. And there was no doubting the way he regarded them and uh, wanted them to draw, wanted to draw them to himself. Simon, when it comes to living out this Christian faith in a practical way, would you say that there's been a rise in kind of putting your faith into action in the Christian community in recent years? I think that's true, and it's vital that it happens that way, given the realities that we've been talking about, it, the uh, the challenges that are there these days to talk about faith uh, in the in a public way. It's absolutely vital that people see this sort of faith is a lived out faith. It's embodied in action. Uh, it also happens to be, funnily enough, what Orthodox Christianity has always said. That's right. we, we look back to the Book of James, chapter one, twenty-seven, where it says that religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world it's it's a it's faith with your know, sleeves rolled up and getting in and helping people and that has a that just powerfully speaks to people in a way that a whole lot of arguments won't on their own yes faith with flesh on and the phrase actions speak louder than words leaps to my mind so for our community of spectators on open house who kind of dabble in this interested observers on a program like this spectators to the christian faith the life of jesus what would your message be to them from this kind of book what would you hope they'd connect with in it my hope would be that they would connect with the fact that some of the arguments that they've, that they've been hearing for reasons why you should dismiss christianity with one sweep of the hand and move on to something more grown up that they would come back and realize actually those are very weak arguments. There might be other reasons that they would choose in, in the end to dismiss it, but yes. many of the ones that are being presented with aren't very good ones at all. At all. And of course, uh, I really want to bring people back to the fact that the best thing that Christianity has going f for it by far is the person of Jesus. And so, you know, cl clearing away some of the clutter that we have, getting them back to look at who Jesus is, 
is what he was on about. And I think people might be surprised by the answers that they come up with when they do that, with a, a genuine searching. Yeah, apart from religion, as I often say. Simon Smart, it's a great read and an important contribution to that public square. Thank you so much for joining us on Open House. Pleasure to be here, Lee. Simon's the editor of the book Public Christianity, and we'll post the details up on our Open House community Facebook page. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.